Welcome back to Chaos in Christ podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix, and I thank you for tuning in today in this episode. I want to start off with a question. Are you an idiot? And so before you get mad at me, there is a reason I have this question. And I understand that when I say or ask, are you an idiot? There's a lot of negative connotation that you are taking from that. And obviously, this isn't something you go up and ask someone, especially someone you just meet, or even if you've known them for years, they don't really expect that out of your mouth. And when it comes, you're looking for a slap across the face almost. But there's a reason I'm asking this question. It's not to be polarizing. There is some history behind it. In our current context, being an idiot has a lot to do with a lack of common sense, of just not being, so to speak, intelligent in certain matters. But normally it's common sense that we see lacking. And so we use this in a derogatory derogatory term. So my question is different though. And it's based on history of the word idiot, where it comes from, how it originated, and what it really meant. And so the word idiot is etymologically derived from the Attic Greek word idiotes, which literally means a private person or a person who does not take part in the affairs of the polis, which we would call the city-state. It is derived from the word idios, meaning of one's own, which is also the root of our English word idiosyncratic. The word originally had no bearing whatsoever on how intelligent the person it was being used to refer to was. It merely indicated that the person did not take part in public affairs. This is something I read, so I'm rereading it. But this is exactly what it really means. A private person, a person who keeps to himself, who has no attachments or connections or involvement with the affairs of the public. And so that is what they would call an idiot back then. Now, in later times, uh, the word passed on into Latin as idiota. In Latin, the word acquired strongly derisive connotations that became synonymous with ignorant person. Now, I think there's a reason for that. And I agree with it, especially even today and how we use the word idiot. I can see the evolution of it all. If you are a private person, a person who does not take part in the affairs of the polis, which is you do not care for the politics or the local politics of your city, county, whatever, then you are indeed a private person who does not care. But eventually, because you're not engaged, because you have no connection to the affairs of the public, you will eventually not know what's going on. Decisions will be made. Legislation will be passed. Things will go into a vote and you would have no idea about it. Nevertheless, it still affects you. And so the Latin term idiota, as it kind of progresses, being synonymous with the ignorant person makes sense to me because they are ignorant of what is happening at council, at the assembly, at the at Congress, the White House, so on and so on, right? They're an ignorant person because they don't know, because they are unaware. Ignorance is to not know, be unaware, and have no idea what is going on. 
Now, today, its current meaning really does have to do with common sense and how one who doesn't display to have it would be labeled an idiot. That's how we use it. And we use it in such a way to offend someone because of that. But then I can see the progression from there as well. If you are a person who's private, who has no uh, you know, part in the affairs of the polis, then eventually you become an ignorant person who's not aware of what is happening in the public affairs. And then eventually you begin to adopt more of a hedonistic, lazy lifestyle, all centered around yourself. And then before you know it, because you're not being sharpened, because you're not engaged, because you're not aware, you begin to lose certain traits that would help you to establish yourself as one who is intelligent, who understands, and could use common sense in the world. Common sense is a sharpened thing, uh, and you use it due to experience. But if you, you avoid experience, you have no idea what's going on, then eventually you become the idiot we know of today. Now, here is my thing. In Athens, in history, as I was reading, there took a serious note of the citizens taking part in the polis, in the politics of their town, city, state. It was so serious that there was a mandatory assembly meeting uh, that took place. Now, those that did not show up, they would be fined. And how they figured out who did not show up would be that they had slaves and servants that would go out in the midst of the country, state, or whatever in Athens. And while the assembly was going on, these servants will have a robe with paint that's red on it. And I guess they would somehow mark these people that were not in the assembly. I don't know, whip them, tie them up. I have no idea how they did that. But they did. And so that way, those that were marked in red would be fined for not attending the assembly. That's how serious it was. They saw that if there was no participation from the people in a democratic society, then what would happen is society will implode and things will begin to disintegrate and degenerate because there is no participation from the people. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that something actually? Now we call this country of ours democracy all the time. We are a constitutional republic. We do have democratic local level elections that take place. And yet even then, more than likely, we are not participating in this in America in our current modern context today. But lo and behold, they come and present to us something called identity politics, all in the name of social justice, all in the name of fighting against white supremacy, all in the name of systemic racism. Whatever those terms are, they're used for what? Emotion grabbing. It is to stir up an emotion. Now, what happens with that? Well, in that time, you think you know about politics based on the headlines and the major news press that's going all around you, all based on identity politics, but you know nothing of what's happening truly behind the scenes, the bills that are being passed. You might even know a name of a bill, but not realize that the name is almost antithetical to what is in the bill, which seems to be happening a lot these days. Some will spit around that this bill says, don't say gay, though nothing in the bill ever says that. Just because the news media says that, everyone starts to parrot it because they do not know. They are ignorant people. They are idiots. They have no participation in the affairs of the polis. But 
This is the the term that I want to dive into. Each country that became totalitarian always had a group of people that we today, looking back, will call useful idiots. And they were useful to these people because they would parrot the narrative. And they would actually go and be their foot soldiers and create the division and start the activism of said justice thing. Whether that's so, just let's put it on the social justice blanket. That's basically what I'm talking about. Now, that's happening in history's time. And we can see that happening today as well. Because we really don't know, right? Not really. You don't really know what's happening. You, you know enough where the headline catches your attention. Uh, you know, Twitter trend starts to blow up. Something on Instagram starts to kind of, you know, surface around and go viral. That's as much as you know. That's as much as you care to know. You have no desire to go in deeper. And then you convince yourself that your vote doesn't matter. And that is the whole purpose of a useful idiot. Because they will parrot the opposing side, the side, the party that wants full control over you. But they'll use words that will evoke emotion that would have that useful idiot believe that they are on the right side of history doing something that is righteous. though knowing nothing about it at all. Have you noticed that a lot of the people that stand on the left side that are woke that are about social justice, that hate white supremacy, uh, systemic racism, if you question them on their position and really ask them where these policies are coming from, when did Trump say that? When did DeSantis do that? Where is that in the Constitution? There is no answer. That is just rage that typically fuels from them. Why? Because deep down inside, in their subconscious, they know they know nothing. They have no idea what's actually happening. And that is idiocy. And so why do I say this? Well, to my brothers and sisters in Christ, we could be pretty much idiots as well. Willful idiots, to be quite honest. We, we go around saying, you know, it's only about the gospel, only about the gospel. We shouldn't dive into this politics stuff. And I think that's the biggest foolishness I've ever heard. And has been happening in our culture for far too long. And it's why they have been able to get away with all the egregious, unlawful mandates and overreach that they have been doing since 2020. But all this was under our nose way more, uh, many more years than 2020. And so I, I see this as a problem. Where you have even your own Christian pastors who are effeminate, who have pretty much bought into the Kool-Aid, let's just say that, will tell you to avoid at all costs politics. I think that's a very foolish thing to do because we are given a land to steward, just like we are given this body to steward. We are given the works and gifts and talents that God gives us to steward and to steward them well. There's practicality behind it. You have to put in work. You have to be aware. And this is happening This has been happening for eons before us. We're nothing special here. But it's the ideology that has got us all confused, that has gotten us believing that the right Christian thing to do is never talk religion or politics. And that's foolish. And honestly, really is a foolish way of going about things. Remember, Christ said that he holds all authority in heaven and on earth. What we read in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So pause right there for a second. Not only does Christ have authority in heaven, which when I hear Christians say, don't de- deal with politics, let's just deal about the gospel, is basically saying Jesus is only king in heaven, and there's a two-kingdom separation here, and we got the kingdom of the earth, and whoever is ruling over us, that's a whole different thing. And since we're still in the earth, it's still in this flesh, you know, we, we need to keep those things separate. And it's a misunderstanding of what Jesus said when he said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Misunderstanding completely, right? I'll get into that in a second. Because the scripture here, the passage, Jesus speaking himself saying that all authority in heaven, on earth and on earth has been given to him. So when I say that Jesus is king, that is a political statement. It is a truth. It is a spiritual truth but it's also a very real physical truth. Jesus is ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father right now as we speak, and our King has given us a command. What is that command? Is to go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the I'm with you always to the end of the age. Guys, how do we go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them? Does that mean that everyone, every man needs to become a pastor or a missionary? Or what, you know, in the charismatic world, an apostle, a prophet, whatever things that they like to come up with. Is that what has to happen in order for us to be adherents to the commandment of our Lord? No. I will say that wherever you are at, God has called you to be and to do so with diligence in right worship and right honoring to the Lord because you work unto the Lord. So, for example, myself, I'm a salesman. That's what I do for a living. I make my money doing business and closing deals. So, obviously, as a good Christian, as a Christian that honors the Lord, and operates in integrity, that doesn't lie, that doesn't cheat, that doesn't steal, which all those values, those moral values, don't come from some innate thing within you. It is written in your heart by God himself. He is a standard for these morals. Then I'm going to go into the business, and I'm going to bring my worldview, my mind that has been renewed by the Lord, right? I'm going into that business, and I'm going to do business in a way that is righteous and right before Christ. That would be an example to my unbelieving coworkers, and in hopes I can then share the gospel and, and clear message, not some friendship thing, but literally tell them, hey, I serve Jesus. You need to repent. Please repent. I'm going to do that. And for the most part, people will, you know, applaud me and they will agree. Of course, you you go into your workplace, whatever it is that you do, that is the ministry God gave you. But somehow we accept all of that and then look at politics and say, no, 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 that's not what we're supposed to do. That just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't compute in my head. And I used to think that that, that, that was supposed to be that way. And now, it's, and now I realize it's just a, a, a lie that has been fed to us for a long time. And we never once questioned it. We never once looked into it and actually asked the questions and actually think about what we're being told and why we're being told to think that way. We've become so docile in our 
country in our time today, we are so enamored by entertainment. Social media, there's no, there's no coincidence that social media has completely introduced pornography. I mean, just full-on pornography through Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, just out there because it, it's it's a trap. It's a trap for pleasure. It's a trap for lust and entertainment. It's a trap to be a private person and to not take part in, in affairs of the polis and to just be about yourself, right? And then listen to the whatever buzzwords that are being spit out there. I help you to identify with those buzzwords and then get very angry. I want to become an activist for social justice. Why you do nothing? Why you have no participation in the polis in and of itself up until then? That's the that's the reason why I'm talking about this, guys. And that's why I'm asking, are you an idiot? Do you have no participation in your affairs with your, I mean, even in your county, even in your district? Let, I mean, get smaller and just look within your own backyard. Now, that doesn't mean you have to become a politician either. That's not my point. The point is that as people, especially as Christians who have, uh, recognize that we are in America by the grace of God. We have freedoms that no other country has. And I don't care what anyone says. That is a beautiful thing. We have something in America that no other country has. And the person that claims they're oppressed now, they make me laugh. And I completely dismiss them because I can tell of stories just by looking at it, reading about it, that there is real persecution and oppression taking place that is not like what we think we're having here. But if, unless we get aware and start participating and start being a little bit more of a functioning citizen, doing our due diligence to be good stewards of the land that God has put us on, we will get to that place. And then it won't be just you and me. It will be your children and their children and the generations to come. The saying is very true that if we lose freedom here, we lose it forever and everywhere. Rarely, rarely can you get freedom back without bloodshed. Rarely. And they won't let it go. And they will do whatever they can to solidify it, to hold their power. But because you know nothing about what's going on, they can make all the power play moves they want. Little by little, it's a chess game for them. And as long as you're docile and you're high and you're going and, and watching sports and that's all you care about. I'm not a sportator. I'm just saying that's all you care about. Little by little, the thing that you thought was dumb and, and stupid and doesn't matter will affect you. You may not care about politics, but politics cares about you. And that's the whole business of it all. And so to my brothers and sisters in Christ, especially to the men, some of us are called, I don't think that's me, but some of us are called to actually be more involved in local politics, to actually look at the potential of running for alderman, look at the potential for running for a, a county commissioner position, just as many other lower level things that you could then bring your biblical worldview that is God honoring and does serve the people. Everyone's going to freak out about this, right? Oh, Christian nationalism, whatever, because their worldview is still being projected on you, whether you like it or not. And it's very religious and it has a lot of implications for our lives in the future. So don't give me this nonsense about this is Christian nationalism. We got pagan nationalism coming pretty much full force at this point, right? So I'm not afraid of that anymore because we know that our the laws of God, we know that scripture is good for all people. It doesn't really matter what you think. I know it's good for all people. God is God gives blessing 
and allows rain to fall down on the just and the unjust alike. That is a common grace that he has given us. Of course, legislating Christianity won't change a person's heart. Only the gospel and the Holy Spirit could do that. Of course, we know that. We're not dumb here, right? But to think that somehow what we are talking about is wrong, but let's be okay with paganism just taking full force is just silly. There's a reason why God told Israel not to mix and intermingle with the other pagan nations around them. Because little by little, if they played nice and had sympathy and wanted to invite them in, the very people that they try to have sympathy and play nice with will eventually become their oppressors. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Many times, they didn't listen to God. They didn't trust that he was the one true king. They wanted to be just like the rest of the nations. You read this in 2 Samuel. It ended up being their downfall. So I say this just to kind of wake you up a bit. I'm tired of seeing people just taking a backseat, especially Christians, for politics. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to try to wrap this up. Politics isn't going to save you. No Republican candidate will save you. I don't care how conservative they claim to be. None of this is going to change the trajectory of our country, the culture, and the chaos ensued in the culture, because this is all has to do. This all has to do with the heart. The heart is wicked and sinful, and it, and everyone outside of Christ is spiritually dead in unrighteousness. And so, the gospel does have to be preached. Discipleship does have to happen. Real pastors, men. Who, are, who will act like men need to stand up and preach boldly the truth and nothing but it. But then what happens when they actually are faithful to their preaching and to the teaching of Scripture and we adhere to that teaching because it's from Scripture and then we go back to our workplaces or you go back to the elected office that you've been elected to? Well, guess what? Your whole mindset, your whole world has been renewed. You are renewed by God's word. And so your decision-making is then affected. And you will make decisions based on that worldview. No one is susceptible to it. No one truly comes apolitical in the arena. They, they, the, the closest that we try to see that happen is in the Supreme Court. They are to look at a constitution objectively and then judge from that. But even then now, they're trying to infiltrate the Supreme Court with leftists and conservative judges, which means they have a worldview, a worldview. Everyone operates behind it. So don't be an idiot. Be aware. You are held responsible to be aware of your local politics. And I believe that we will have to answer to that one day. So I don't want you to be a useful idiot. I don't want that to happen. I want to honor the Lord. And I want to fight for this country and for the generations to come. Now, ultimately, God is providential and he is sovereign. And if he is decreed, we are to go through a dark time. There's nothing that none, any of us can do. But I still believe we are called to steward well. I still believe we are called to work the land that we are in and to not be idiots. And so, therefore, my question is, again, asked, are you an idiot? I hope you found this somewhat helpful. I hope it woke you up. Please do me a favor and make sure you share this with a friend or a family member. Subscribe to the show wherever you uh, listen to this podcast. Leave a review. Leave a five-star rating. 
only leave a five-star rating if you mean it. And obviously a review would be very helpful because one, it will help me to make this better for you while at the same time, allow other people to discover this show. And that is all I ask, at least for now. But until then, remember, in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. God bless you.